sitting here with Hillary Merkley, a Division One coach here at Idaho State University. Hillary, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I grew up in a family of 10 in Washington State, primarily. I was born in Utah, but raised in Washington and came to school at college here at Idaho State in 96. And I'm a head track and field coach, obviously, now, but I've had a lot of different jobs throughout my life. And, yeah. Okay, so you said that you went to Idaho State University, mm -hmm. and I know you ran track. Tell us a little bit about the events you did and that experience. Yeah, so I actually came to ISU to play basketball because I wanted to play basketball more than I wanted to do track. And um, I ended up... Um, switching to track and field because I had a knee injury and I wasn't on scholarship. I was a walk-on. I ended up just coming back to school, but I started out in um, high school doing 400-800 shot put and discus, which was kind of a weird combo. I came, when I walked onto track, I started as a thrower and then they knew, found out that I'd done some other events and so they made me into a heptathlete and probably did that because I also wasn't a very good thrower at the time. Okay, and then while you were doing track and field, you also got an education. What did you get your degree in? Yeah, so my undergraduate degree was in actually education. Uh, my family is all educators. My dad was an administrator and teacher, and so um, I saw some of the things he did working with kids, and uh, he worked with a lot of at-risk kids. And he used sports as a way to kind of connect with people, so I thought teaching would be a good degree for me when I first started um, and then I ended up I was kind of back and forth between teaching and counseling because I had done some work with at-risk kids um, in juvenile corrections a little bit as well um, but I ended up deciding education routes so that I could kind of stay connected with sports and um, yeah then I ended up going back to school my coach encouraged me to get into coaching because um, there wasn't a lot of women in coaching and I had a large background of events. And then, um, so I got a master's in athletic administration after my teaching certificate. And came back a few years later after doing some coaching at the college level, at the high school level, elementary school level, working with lots of different ages, um, and ended up coming back and getting a counseling degree. So getting your counseling degree and doing coaching, how do you think counseling helps you every day with coaching yeah I mean I I had interest in all of the different areas like sociology and social problems and things like that um, and I obviously had a different interest in coaching um, I never really thought about being a head coach um, in a collegiate setting but as I like worked with different groups and age levels um, when I'm working with a kid in a classroom, a student who's in a PE class who doesn't want to participate and doesn't um, want to do that, I'm seeing and noticing that there's reasons behind that. Maybe it's um, because they're not very good at it or they don't have the experiences that some other kids have had with sports. And so I just started seeing the psychology behind what's motivating people. Um, I think in my current job, Though, obviously, 
it, it comes up a lot of times. There's a lot of stress, pressure, anxiety around just performance and trying to measure up to expectations and um, other things that are going on in somebody's life outside of the sport um, or what's happening in their day. And I use the counseling skills that I learned in that program pretty regularly um, because I have people walking through the door every day that have a bunch of other things that they're carrying with them. Right. So you talked a little bit about how mental health is affecting these athletes and you see them on a daily basis. What is something that you've noticed is specific maybe to athletes and their mental health? Yeah, I think um, a lot of athletes are pretty driven. Um, they're pretty high achievers in terms of athletic performance. You, you do have a lot of them that are also high achievers in a lot of other areas too. You might have some that struggle with um, academics and everybody has their own different set of weaknesses. But I would say one common thing is a lot of high achievers that are really working to do well and wanting to do well, at least in academics in all areas of their life. And then they're pretty driven academically. So I would say like a lot of perfectionism um, and stress and anxiety about performance and when performances either athletically or academically or otherwise are not up to what they feel the standard should be for them, then there's a lot of stress and grief and um, pressure in those areas. Um, I would I would say um, that's probably the highest one. I think in track and field it ends up being even um, higher because it's a sport in a lot of events that isn't necessarily, it's like painful. So there's a level of physical pain that comes with pushing your body to extremes when you're running a 10,000 or when you're running a 400 or 800 sprint race. And so it, it's different from other sports in that like people want to practice basketball, but they really love to play games. Um, and I think that's probably why I steered away from track originally myself was there's a ball, there's a distraction, there's shooting, there's, there's a fun aspect to it. It is a little bit tiring and physically demanding, but when you switch over to track, it's all the pressures on one person and the, um, the enjoyment or the fun part of running a 400, there's not a lot of fun parts about that. It, it's, uh, it's fun when you accomplish a goal and it's fun when you achieve something, but some athletes don't always have maybe the hope that that's actually going to come about. So it's really hard to push your limits when you don't know if you're going to get the enjoyment from the pain you're about to experience. So I think that those things play a little bit different part of like anxiousness. I have people that will come to a meet and be crying, you know, or um, mentally disturbed about having to go out and perform, which is probably different than any other sport that I've participated in or seen or experienced. So do you think your personal experience in track and field has helped you be a better coach and helped understand the mental aspects? Uh, absolutely. I think I was a highly perfectionistic, anxious um, person, um, overly critical, self-critical. And so I 
tend to recognize some of my own personality flaws in other people or when I see it. And as I've recognized those things in myself, I've been able to kind of work through them or, you know, um, I worked with really good coaches that were not necessarily counselors, but they coaching is a lot like counseling and trying to help guide people through working through challenges and stuff like that. Um, and I think I've um, experienced and gone to counselors. I've been in counseling school. So I think all of those things help me to know how to maybe recognize it at least in other people and see it and then try to help them navigate it. So you talk about recognizing it in other people and even your athletes, most importantly. What is something that you look for as a coach? Um, even because I know some athletes are maybe scared to come to you mm -hmm. just because, I mean, their playing time's on the line or even just they're too scared to talk about it. Yeah. What is something you look for and how do you approach it? Okay, yeah, that's a tough question. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, well, I think that sometimes I, I can just see when people start to avoid things. So if they're wanting to avoid participating or avoid doing a hard workout. And typically the, the most socially acceptable way to back out of that is probably through injury, which makes it a little bit more complicated because you certainly don't want to be pushing people when there is a legitimate injury that is there. But I think um, a lot of people will, eh, there's two parts of this. This is maybe above and beyond what your question is, but um, sometimes with an injury, there's a legitimate injury. Like I used to experience this with my knee. I, ha I had knee problems. When I'm going into race day, my knee's been feeling fine all week, but now it's race day and I feel my knee more. And, and I'm like, this is the one day it needs to not be hurting, you know? So um, you become a little hypersensitive to that injury. Now I'm not sure if I can go as hard as I want to go or if I need to back off. So I, an athlete will have that battle in their own head. Um, but like your fight or flight system um, or response tends to heighten your awareness to your sight, your sound, your feelings so that you can prepare for danger. Um, so I think that injuries are like legitimately there for most athletes on a regular basis, little nagging things. But now when I'm getting into a high pressure situation and it's stressful and I don't really want to experience that mentally or emotionally, then I want to back away from it. And so I might be like, oh, my knee hurts a little too bad. I think I want to not do this. So an example that might explain this is like a four by four relay at the end of the, at the end of the meet. It's one of the funnest races. It's part of a team. It's enjoyable. But as a coach, there's jokes out there about coaches trying to find people to run the 4x4 relay because everybody starts backing out. They're tired at the end of the day. The stress of it, they don't. it's a hard race physically. Um, so people will come up with excuses. So I think things I look for is, okay, somebody's avoiding wanting to do this. Um, what's the reason for them not wanting to participate or not wanting to do the thing that they signed up to do in the first place? And, um, and then trying to find ways to address it or approach it. And you have to be careful with, like I said, like, are, is there a legitimate reason why they're avoiding it? Because there are some very big ones. But I think that one's probably the most typical one I see. And 
as how I go about approaching things is um, I think in counseling, one of the most valuable things I learned in counseling school was that it doesn't matter what your approach to counseling is or what theory you're using or what type of treatment. Um, the number one factor in trying to affect change for somebody is the relationship that you have with the students or the client. And I think um, you have to have a good relationship of trust with them that when I, when I do sit them down and say, hey, here's what I think's going on here, I think that you are okay to run this race. You're just nervous and worried about the outcome that it doesn't come across as an attack. And it's really hard to have that really good relationship with about 80 athletes when you're the head coach. Um, but I think the individual coaches maybe know their athletes a little better, but I haven't been perfect in that. But um, I try to suggest, I wonder if this is what's going on for you. I wonder if you're feeling nervous and pressured and that's really where these injuries are coming from. It does. I'm not trying to say they're faking because I think it's legitimate, but I think, is this something you can really push through in this moment or is this something that we really do need to back off of? So I think trying to understand and getting to know the athletes is the best way to address it or bring it up. Right. So we talked a little bit about just how athletes in general and your tracking field team in general, just how stuff like injuries and just being an athlete mm -hmm. is really difficult on your mental health. Mm -hmm. Right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. How has that affected your athletes? Um, it's probably been one of the harder years. Well, not probably it is, I think probably the hardest in terms of mental health right now that, it, that I've ever experienced. A couple reasons. I mean, we've had more death um, in athletes on the team who've experienced death this year than any other year. Um, some of that is maybe related to the virus specifically, and some of it is not necessarily related to. It's not like we we did have some people who lost family members due to the virus, um, but we also had more. Um, we've had some suicides. Um, with family members, we've had um, people who have lost a parent or a cousin. Um, just in this year, there's just been more of that than I have ever had. I've, um, and I think, you know, with mental health being worse, people are more isolated. They have more time to themselves to think, <laughs> um, where sometimes life provides more distractions that is maybe sometimes good for mental health, but maybe sometimes we've also seeing people having to face some of their own challenges a little more head-on because they don't have all of the distractions that are typically available. I think it's really hard to work and deal with injuries as an athlete, not knowing if tomorrow I'm going to get yanked from practice for two weeks at a time and all of that training is going to go out the window. Now i got to start over. Um, I think it's definitely we were all sitting in our homes, so our fitness – our, was not where it typically is and now I'm competing and my performance isn't what it was and it's a legitimate understandable reason but it's really hard to be below what you think your expectations are and um, yeah we just have more people that are struggling and we really haven't been taught <laughs> um, skills to um, handle difficulties like 
I did when I went to counseling school. It's like, here's tools, here's resources, here's things you can do. And if people aren't willing to ask for help, then, or get help or reach out or say, hey, I'm struggling, which is a difficult thing for everyone to do, myself included. If we're not able to do that, or we don't know how to do that, we haven't learned the skills of how to do that, and then we don't know the skills that help us, like self-care and um, meditation and call, how do I calm myself down in a stressful situation. We didn't learn those things in school. The only place that I've learned it is by associating with psychologists that are either friends or professionals going to counseling, you know, or going to a program with, that teaches this. And so I think people just don't have the skills to cope and manage it and, or the language to know how to even ask for help sometimes. So part of being a coach is obviously the mental aspect of mm -hmm. it. When you're um, training for coaching and learning about um, how to become a coach, did they go through this mental aspect or do you think that maybe they need to cover it more? Yeah. In my, in my undergrad, in my education degree, you know, as a physical education major, even in athletic administration, I think there's some things kind of covered on the topic of, they call it sports psychology, not necessarily the term mental health. When I was in my undergrad, the term mental health was not brought up. Um, and I think that's due to the stigma of um, if I have a mental health issue um, versus a sports psycho if I see a sports psychologist, one of those has a more negative connotation that is like linked to um, a feeling of, well, this one's a weakness, but this one's just part of what I do. If I've seen a sports psychologist, even I think there is still some stigma surrounding that, but but it's more, um, how do I do visualization training? And um, there, there is some things that are related to how do I get in the zone in, when I'm participating in a sport. Um, even here, we have like a biofeedback lab and a counseling center. And the biofeedback lab, I don't need to go and talk about my feelings and admit that I may have some things I need to work on, but I go to learn how to manage stress and pressure but it's not as stigmatizing to do biofeedback versus go, I got to go talk to a counselor or a sports psychologist or a regular psychologist or something. So there was, there was a few things in training as a coach or as a PE person. And I always kind of gravitated to that because I kind of was interested in those things anyway. But I didn't learn enough in any of those things because I, I had those degrees. I went into coaching. I went into teaching. All of the training around that that I would need, I would have had to sought, seek out myself a little bit more, which I did. And it was part of the reason I wanted to go back and get a counseling degree because I was like, stuff's coming up for students, for athletes, and I don't quite have the skills or capability to know how to even recognize it or help with it. Or I could recognize it, but I didn't know what to do to fix it um, or how to help people. Um, so yeah, I think there could be more training. Um, I think the term mental health is a lot more common and out there. I think the stigma is a lot less. I think it is on our team, especially because I probably talk about it a little bit more that it's like, yep, we just, if you need help, you go see a counselor. If you need, you have an injury, you see the trainer. If you, 
have want to talk about your nutrition and eating, you go see the nutritionist. It's just a piece and a part of the team that everybody can access where when I was an athlete, I didn't even know there was counseling available. I never got counseling here, you know, from the counseling center and it was available then, but it was never talked about. It was never talked about in athletic administration meetings with other head coaches. And it is talked about more now and is a more common topic. So I think people are recognizing it needs to be a bigger part because we've had suicides and we've had, um, kids that are struggling and had challenges and it needs to be addressed a little better. So we talked a little bit about being prepared as a coach for the mental side of the sport. What is, what are some ways that you prepare your athletes? Like you were talking about earlier coming out of high school and Mm -hmm. even for you in college, they don't really address the mental health maybe Mm -hmm. as much as they should have. What's one way that you feel that you prepare your athletes to kind of fight mentally, not just physically. Yeah. I I think even myself included, I probably need to do a better job of this. It's always a hard balance with everything that you have. Like I've got practices scheduled all day, every day for three or four hours. And that's all physical training. Um, I do spend a a couple days a a day, maybe uh, a couple hours a day. um, Sometimes more than that. And if there is a, mental health issue that comes up or just somebody that needs to come and talk. Um, But I don't have enough hours in the day to sit down and talk with students probably the way that um, I need to help. But I think that I think the things we do is one, we do introduce it as part of these people are part of our team. Um, Our counseling center people at the beginning of the year, we always have one of them. Um, one of someone from counseling and testing come and talk to the team and introduce themselves and say, here's what the services are that are available. We list those resources along with all the other resources that are not as stigmatizing, you know, in the team manual. So it's like, here's all of the resources for academics. Here's the resources for counseling. Here's things you can do if you're struggling with stress and anxiety and just performance and, um, So I think we try to at least let them know what is available resources. Um, I, I think I do want to make time always for somebody who is willing to come in. And like you said, not everybody is willing. Sometimes we have to call people in because we maybe see something happening and it comes out in some of those meetings. Um, I think we have tried to do a little bit more of visualization Um, or meditation opportunities throughout the semester that we schedule in and have somebody come from um, either the sports psych and teach us how to do um, body muscle relaxation. We have, we've done that before. We've had someone from counseling and testing come in before big championship meets and do team guided um, visualization or meditation or how to calm yourself down when your arousal is really high. Um, But It's something somebody said, you like, you can't jump out of the plane and then expect to put on the parachute halfway down. Um, So those are skills that you can't just practice two or three times throughout the year as a team and then expect that you're going to be really good at pulling that out when you need it. And probably we need to reverse it a little bit and spend like everyday time doing 
how do I calm myself down? How do I relax? How do I um, stay emotionally grounded in certain situations? And we'd all probably be better at it, but it's hard to flip that and find time to do it and make it be consistent. Right. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Thank you.